So now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Howdy, hey, it's Randall K. coming to you live from spectacular Spring Hill uh, for another edition of Bible News Radio. Actually, the uh, Friday evening edition. And uh, that music is kind of loud, isn't it? So tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to open up the volume mixer and find where uh, music is playing and turn that down a little bit. Yeah, I am. And then your sweet and lovable host, the birthday girl of the day, Stacey Lynn Harb. She will be here momentarily, so don't be turning off. Don't touch that TV dial. Uh, you're thinking it's just going to be me. It's like, ah, it's just him. I'm bailing now. No, not just me. Because, you know, <laughs> rumor has it they come for her, but y'all stay for me. So don't want to, you know, mess up your world where, you know, you're... You're not going to come for me. Um, but don't leave because I'm here. Um, uh, stay because Stacey Lynn is coming. All right. Well, seeing what's going on out there on the interweb. Webs. I know I can speak. All right. It says we're live on YouTube. Yeah, we are. And it tells us that we're um, live on Twitch. Looks good on Facebook. Looks good on Periscope. Good. All ready to go here. Well, not ready to go. We are going. So, tell you what we're going to do. This is normally a free-for-all Friday edition, so we probably are going to, unlike every other broadcast, we're going to kind of make some stuff up as we go. And there she is. And uh, she's going to the other side of the table now. And, um... Oh... Yeah, I had to do a reboot earlier. We had some communication issues. And uh, so, anyway, I don't know what that was about. But, um, yeah. Hope, uh, hopefully everyone's doing well on this uh, Friday. I'm adjusting my camera here. Rather than adjusting my chair and, you know, put myself centered in the screen. You know, might as well just go ahead and um, boot the camera. So much easier. <laughs> And less distracting, right? All right. Are you there? Wait, hold on, she says. She needs a microphone and some other things to go on. All right, so. So what comes next? You know, that's what a lot of people have been asking here. As uh, we're going through 2020, you know, first it's the... COVID thing, and then uh, then it's what some people think like unusual weather, but historically it's not really that unusual. Um, and then we got uh, you know financial fallout because of COVID nineteen, um, and then then we have these. Uh, well, it's an election year. And then we had a presidential debate that was something else, wasn't it? And then the vice presidential bait, uh, I reluctantly watched it. I thought, well, can it be any, 
can it be better than the presidential debate? Not that the presidential debate was good. I think that that was just discouraging and disgraceful, in my not so humble opinion. But I thought, okay, now we're going to the you know quote second tier vice presidents. Uh, at least they were semi civil or a lot more, uh, a lot more behaved than their um, presidential candidate counterparts. You ready to go there, Stacy Lynn? Oh, she's got to send a text out to the list. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Probably can hear me now, right? Yeah, we can hear you now. Yeah, you can. <laughs> Do you want to make a screen appearance? Uh, if you just give me a second. Time's up. Okay. Well, I <laughs> still got to text our list. All right. Just a minute here. All right, well, now it's a minute. First it was a second. Give her a second, she takes a minute. Yeah, we know how it goes. All right, so... Um, you know, I'm... You know how it is as you get older. Yep. Is that what it is? Okay, is I'm it ready. age? I'm ready. She's ready. Drum roll. I wish I had one of those queued up, but anyway. Ta-da! <laughs> Hi! Hello, people! <laughs> now you can... Now you can join us. Now I can join us? Well, they can join us. Oh. You know, they come for you, they stay for me. Yeah. So... <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it is. Well, anyway, hello, everybody. G glad that you're there. Thank you for the birthday wishes there in Periscope. Totally appreciate it. And everywhere, all around the world. <laughs> I, uh, you know, this show is literally in the middle of the Legal Shield Leadership Convention right now. And so I had to cut away from that. And then Randall was having issues with getting on. And said I said, reboot. And then I, I accidentally messed up my mascaras and i had to redo that so that's why i was a little bit late yeah because you wouldn't have wanted to see i'm gonna sneeze to see you know. <laughs> but i had <laughs> going on hmm. well, I didn't, uh... thank you i tried to get off the screen there why didn't work i don't know so yeah. anyway um so yes welcome to the show glad you're here it is uh free for all friday pretty much it's my birthday as you know i'll show you what randall got me Right here. This is my new pickleball paddle with a cover, people. Yeah, it is. I know I know you're all excited, aren't you? Yeah, you are. Check this out. There it is right there. It's a new Kinetic Pro Speed pickleball paddle designed to make me play better. Yeah, it is. So, actually, what's really cool about this paddle is that... Um, it's kinetic, which means that when I'm hitting the ball, when that ball comes and hits right here, the impact from the ball is staying in the paddle, and it's not going to go up my arm and cause my 52-year-old my year, year arm to feel bad. <laughs> so it's really kind of interesting. It's very smooth compared to my other paddle, which is really kind of old and beat up. Um, I haven't had a new paddle really in almost five years, so... This is a this is really nice, and uh, one of the best gifts ever that I ever got. Yes, this is what a pickleball paddle looks like. You see the whole thing? It's it's pretty it's pretty small. And if you look at my hand, just so you can see the the hand, you know my hand, you can see it's not overly big as far as you know how big it is. So, uh, so yeah, so that's the pickleball paddle. 
and I'm looking forward to using it. I haven't played pickleball since Monday, and I am um, unfortunately going to be taking time off <laughs> from playing pickleball because my lower back muscles and stuff is just, it's just, I'm in too much pain. So I am going to be smart. I'm not going to be like some of my fellow pickleball players who play until they're completely injured and they're out and they can't play for like a long time because they have to have surgery. I'm not going to do that. No. So I would continue to ask for your prayer for, for healing. And, um, I believe that I'm getting better. Um, but it's, it's tough. And I woke up this morning in pain. I was in a lot of pain yesterday, but um, my pain right now is relatively minimal. I just got done using the heating pad on there. But but anyway, enough about me. Uh, <laughs> I do want to say I did a fundraiser for Heart Tug International for my birthday. Uh, and we had $145 donated. Uh, three people donated through that fundraiser. So you know who you are. And I want to thank you for that. It really helps what we do here at Bible News Radio. And those of you who are my pillars and a couple of you who've donated to me today because of my birthday. Thank you for that as well. We really, really appreciate it. And, um, you know, I don't know the value that we bring to you unless you tell me, but I can tell you that your financial gifts help me with that, understand the value that we bring. So, um, so thanks. And if you want to donate, you can go to my website, biblenewsradio.com forward slash give, and it's tax deductible. Yeah, it is. I think my dog's over there. All right. So how many of you, like Randall and me, watched the vice presidential debate a couple of days ago? Yeah, I'm wondering because uh, I, I almost didn't watch it. But then I thought, no, I endured the Trump debate. <laughs> my dog's over here. Well, are you okay, baby? You should go over there and sit in his lap. That's like, what he's fixing to do okay go over there don't run into the pole though our little boys you know visually impaired and he runs into stuff a lot so <laughs> poor little yeah thing. so he uses since you know his cataracts are over his pupils i believe that he uses his peripheral vision to guide him so if there's a table or something near him that he could use as a guideline he uses that to sometimes <laughs> smacks his head on those things yeah, sometimes he does. So you didn't you didn't watch it? Well. Okay, go. Go go. Go. This is our professional broadcast studio. Okay. Well. Uh. <laughs> See okay? Yeah. Okay, good. Alrighty. Okay. All right. Anyway, so yeah, he, he so, landed safely. So Randall and I watched the vice presidential debate. Yeah, we did the candidate debate, and um, with well, the vice for president, the office of vice president, right? And the vice president, Mike Pence, actually debated, and Kamala Harris Harris was there. Um, I don't know if she debated very well, but yeah, I am slightly biased against her. Um, I, I, you know, I had no, I was, I'm, I'm a pretty fair person, I think. 
Um, and, and she was just, as a woman does not represent me, let's put it that way. She's not my type of woman. She doesn't, she doesn't represent my values whatsoever. And, um, the looks that she gave throughout that, that, um, pretty powerful. I don't know if she's a mom or not, but man, her kids are probably toe the line. That's for sure. Oh yeah, I talk well, about the laser look and excuse me, I'm talking. Yeah, if, like if looks could kill, we would all be dead right now because she she would kill us I'm, all. <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm not criticizing. Like, wow, she's got that down. I'm surprised Pence kept talking. But, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, is maybe that's what the plexiglass was all about. It wasn't about anything to do with coronavirus. It was just kind of a yeah. Well, the thing is, shield him is, from the power of the. Is she is look an ardent supporter of Planned Parenthood, and she came after a journalist who did some undercover um, recording of Planned Parenthood people talking about baby parts and stuff like that and um and she is evil i mean she and the she, sale thereof yeah she's she's completely evil ms harris is evil in my opinion and if she becomes our vice president and joe biden croaks i'm just saying that that will not be a pretty day for our country you know not at all just not one of my liberal friends posted that she was smart, beautiful, no, smart, accomplished, and honest. <laughs> to which I laughed, and I was like, she's smart and accomplished. I won't give honest to her, though. I will say she's accomplished, and she's smart, but I would not say honest. So, um. Well, she was <laughs> correct that in 1864, Abraham Lincoln... Uh, when there was a vacancy on the Supreme Court by death in October of 1964, she was correct that Lincoln did not nominate a replacement so close to the election, but it wasn't because he wanted the American people to speak and wait till after the election. She put it, I think you and I can both agree, you know, the great man, okay, he was a, but something when I heard that, it's like, well, I don't know, I was so close to the Civil War, and just something my God didn't set right. I can't imagine him speaking to the American people because it's so close to the election. This is a country that's, you know, uh, torn apart, you know, north and south, and um, it doesn't seem like a speech for that time. And just a little bit of research, find out, well, I had no, no speech to the American people. The, the Senate... Um, was not in session from July 4th through December 5th. Mm -hmm. So even if he had made a nomination in October, <laughs> it would have been pointless because it wasn't couldn't be a Senate confirmation. In fact, when the Senate returned on December 6th, he announced his nomination and the nominee was confirmed the same day. That's that's unheard of. Um, at least these days, you know, you have to be raked over the coals and and run through the gauntlet and um, burned at the stake. Yeah, before <laughs> before you're confirmed to the Supreme Court these days. Yeah. Um, well, well, my on both sides of the aisle. Yeah, my favorite part of the debate was when Vice President Pence uh, rebuked her and called her out 
on the Christian persecution of of the nominees to the Supreme Court. You know, using that as a kind of a, you know, sledgehammer and, and stuff like that. That's when I posted on my Facebook page because I, I thought, there you go, calling it out. He just flat out called it out. And prior to this debate, in all honesty, I never thought that Mike Pence would be a good president. Um, he never has come off as very presidential to me. He, he isn't charismatic at all, in my opinion. He's a stuffed shirt. Um, he's very military kind of looking stiff, you know, um, which, and, and he seemed like he doesn't have much personality. Okay. That's my honest opinion of him. And yet after seeing this debate, I told Randall, I said, now I see him as a presidential candidate. He, he's got fortitude. He's not as stiff as you would think. He's got a lot to communicate and he didn't back down from her, which was nice. And even when he had that dumb fly on his head, which, and that was, that was the one part of this debate that I, as I was watching that, you know, how many of you saw the fly, right? There's the fly stuck on his head and they, they said it was there for two minutes. And I told Randall, I said, this is not going to be good. This is not going to be good. The media is going to go after this. They are going to make fun of it. They're going to you know, use this against Mike Pence somehow, and, um, and they have, and they have, it's just crazy, it's, it's just, it's crazy, uh, <laughs> I thought it was fun on C-SPAN when they were reading the text responses, or, I don't know if it was text or someone on Twitter about, uh, both of the, you know, the participants looking good, and, uh, about, uh, Pence himself looking pretty fly, and then the um, oh yeah, <laughs> the C-SPAN uh, commentator. You could tell he was trying really hard not to crack up. Yeah. So meanwhile, the Drudge Report is reporting that that our president has decided that he isn't going to uh, do another debate. Doesn't want to do a virtual debate. Um, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. I. I, uh, and, and now they're saying the World Health Organization is recording, is saying the record infections today, the CDC warns of overweight Minnesota outbreak associated with the president of the United States rally. Is he still contagious? Oh no, is the world falling? Um, slowly, but yes, it is. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's, it's, um. It's interesting. So I'm curious, do you think that President Trump should do another debate, period? Not without a lot of coaching and practice first, because <laughs> the first one was, I don't know. It was funny? I thought it was funny. It, it was it was it, funny in a like, sad sort of way. It's like, have you ever watched those people over in the British you know, in, in Parliament, in Parliament, yeah, they fight all the time like that. Yeah, it's that's a little, exactly little unruly what they do. There, yeah, it is completely unruly. If you've ever watched the British but, but Party, Parliament but, debate, they just a, go it's at a parliament. each other. It's a Parliament, um, you know, session. It's not, uh, it's not a debate. It's not a, you know, an organized debate or an election. It's just, um, yeah, it, you know, the, um, you know, compared to uh, a session of 
of Congress, you know, the House or or the Senate, um, you know, in the U.S. by comparison, it's Newsville. It's, uh, I mean, as hot, you know, as as sort of contested it gets, as much as it heats up, is is um, you know that. Um, I will not yield my time, or you know, um, they follow. You know, I don't know if it's exactly Robert's rules of order, but it's good. You know, for for the most part, at least in practice, at least um, when it comes to actual uh, voting and discussion on bills, that it is it is people that at least value tradition and the rule of law, or at least rules of order. I mean, what goes on in the back rooms and, and drafting these bills and stuff like that is is a wretched hive of scum and villainy, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, um, as, as John Adams said, you know, our Constitution was made for a religious, a moral and a religious people that's wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Um, that, you know, the powers of separation and the like in their, in the Constitution, there's a presupposition that, you know, it's a law-abiding people who have respect for tradition, law of order, uh, the rule of law, and, um, and, and order, and there's things in there, you know, there's the process given in there for, for amending the document, and it's it's really well what written do i worship the constitution no but it it's a it's a very well written document it's not full of the cya legalese you get and just when you buy a when you buy a transistor radio these days or you know you know your cell phone agreement is 15 pages and you know subsection a just just a freaking have a phone or probably buying a blender or a, you know a set of knives probably comes with 20 pages you know of, of legalese documentation back in 1798 you know when the uh, uh, US Constitution was finalized it's it's a fairly simple document it doesn't you know, every it doesn't count for every little exception and and uh, there's no language like in no wise shall the foregoing be construed as meaning less or more than this except for the you know and the, the ball parties indemnify blah 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 for this and for that and negligence it's it's and that's where we've come today because we're not a society that you know generally respects order and rule um and so now we've got uh, a people that's looking to you know look for every loophole and and um you know ways to abuse and twist the law and anyway so when tv commentators talk about the supreme court amending the constitution huh. i feel like uh, oh, a lot has been lost you know and it's become the rule of might you know, whoever screams the loudest and shuts people down is that's where power comes from. So speaking rather of, than the rule of law. Speaking of COVID, because we are. 
Yeah, we were. Go ahead. So I want to read you guys the uh, COVID-19 acknowledgement and certification that I had to sign when I saw my dad to vote this week. And then I want to get your opinion. Okay. This, this is how assisted living is treating people during COVID-19. It says this. The outbreak of the novel SARS-CoV-2 virus and the disease it causes, coronavirus disease 2019, COVID-19, has been declared a worldwide pandemic by the World Health Organization, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and other authorities. COVID-19 is extremely contagious and is believed to spread mainly from person-to-person contact. As a result, Federal, state, and local governmental bodies and health agencies have recommended social distancing and have in many locations prohibited the, con- the congregation of groups of people. I promise that to the best of my knowledge, number one, I am COVID-free, have no signs of a fever, and have not measured a temperature of 100.0 degrees or greater and have not in the past blank at least 24 hours. I put in zero because, you know. Fine, that's fine. Two, I I have no known COVID symptoms and have not been asked to self-isolate or quarantine by a doctor or public health official. Three, I have not traveled to a COVID hot area nor traveled internationally in the past month. And four, I have not had, quote, close contact with an individual diagnosed with COVID-19. Close contact means living in the same household as a person who has tested positive for COVID-19 Caring for a person who has tested positive for COVID-19. Being within six feet of a person who has tested positive for COVID-19 for about 15 minutes. Or coming in direct contact with secretions. Example, sharing utensils being coughed on from a person who has tested positive for COVID-19 while the person was symptomatic. Okay, five. I I agree, and this is this is the one... That made me mad. So I want your opinion on this. Tell me in the chat after you hear this if this would tick you off. Number five. I agree that during preset visits with a resident, I will social distance six feet away from resident, wear a face mask at all times during the visit, and hand sanitize before visit. I agree to no physical contact, including hugging or kissing. If I violate facility procedures, I understand I will not be allowed to return to the facility. And then number six, I agree to self-monitor for symptoms of COVID-19 for 14 days and immediately report any symptoms or positive COVID-19 test to the local health department and the community. So most of that I didn't have a problem with, but I had a huge problem with number five. Number five, because what they're telling us is... Prior to this, they're basically saying, oh, you can come in with a mask, they six feet away, and and you will be somebody who, you know, is protecting yourself and everybody around you. Now they're demanding that you go get tested. Even after you get a negative test, you got to prove you got a negative test. Can you hear that? Thank you, mister. You got to prove that you got a negative test. And then you still got to stay six feet away with a mask on your face and agree to no physical contact, including hugging or kissing. And if you violate this, they will not allow you to return to the facility. 
Does anybody else get mad about this? Because this makes me livid. I think that this is absolutely unnecessary, uncalled for. I think it's abusive. And I think that, I, I just think it's wrong. So TR Fun Guy says five sounds a bit authoritarian. I, I yeah, it, it's a threat. It's basically saying, don't touch the one you love. Don't hug them. Don't kiss them. Don't even get near them. Don't even remotely even think about it. Because if you do, we're going to kick you out and throw you back and you won't be allowed to come back. You know, and, and I, I just think that is so wrong. And I'm going to be submitting this to Legal Shield, and I'm going to get their opinion because I think that uh, I think that I think that it's wrong. I think that there's violation of personal. Um, I think I just don't think that that's right. So I don't know, Randall. What do you think? Am I overreacting? Um. Again, this is you know. At least it's not as warty as the contract you get with buying a blender or um, or a set of dishes these days. Uh, you know, the warranty that comes with it. They're not. See, but, okay, so QT ladies say just wondering if they're doing the same themselves. They're not. Yeah, that's... That's, that's the thing. I have a friend that works in this facility. She sat with me for an hour without her mask. Then she walked with me to the front of the building where my dad was. She put her mask on. She went and she put her hands all over my dad, hugging him, guiding him, walking him, helping him. And nothing. Yeah. She could touch him. She was she was within she was close to, enough to touch him and help him out. Yeah, and who knows whether or not you were infected at the time. Right. So. Within within it within fifteen minutes of seeing me, too. Yeah, so 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 I get where they're coming from. It's a it's a CYA move on their part. Should I say CYB to be a little more family friendly? You know, cover your backside. Um, you know, I get kind of where they're coming from, but you know, in and of itself, in isolation, it's like, okay, I can hang with it. I see that. Whoops. But the threat but, that if you do this, if you hug yeah. and kiss, then you can't come back. That's a threat. Well, That's it is. That's how I took it. Yeah, but when you put it in the broader context of, mm. you know, um, HR 6666 and, um, yeah. you know, just kind of this whole sort of thing and and uh, police and, and, orth and uh, orthodox clashes in Israel and, uh, <laughs> you know, all this um, you know, kind of the broader context, it's like, it it seems a little um, pressing the pressing the envelope, I guess. Well, my question is, we're talking about, yeah. I don't so know. when I helped my dad vote this week, that was again. That's one of those inconsistencies. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. Okay, so I. I had to sign this piece of paper before I hey, helped my father vote, right? And by the way, oh, that was before. He mm -hmm. yeah, he voted for Trump, right? So, but anyway, so how do you know? Because I helped him vote, okay. and I watched what he voted. I didn't tell him what to vote for either. Mm -hmm. I just read it to him so he could see it better, and I pointed to Trump and then the other guy uh, that he's running mm -hmm. against, <laughs> and uh, he did vote for one Democrat, 
but it wasn't an important person in the you know long <laughs> scheme of things. But anyway, what? But my point is, is that so they put us in line. The line they don't keep us six feet apart. My dad sits next to me. There's about this much space between us. My dad literally moved his chair, literally to touch my chair, and um, and all that. And they didn't enforce distancing. My dad didn't even have a mask on until about five minutes before we went into the voting thing. So my dad had no mask on, even though he should have had a mask on from the time he saw me. And my dad reached out to touch my hand, which, according to that paper, I could have gotten thrown out because I was near him and touching him. Um, and just so irritating. Hey, Natasha and Mia, superhero, paramedic. Yeah, you are. <laughs> so that's the thing that bothers me. It's, it's like I could deal with going into the assisted living with a mask. Okay, I can deal with that. I don't like it, but I can deal with it. I can deal with even sitting six feet apart. I can deal with it. What I don't like is being told that being threatened that if we let you in and you and you abide by these other rules, you can't do this, this, and this, and we're going to throw you out. I just think, you know, it's. I just think that that's um, uncalled for. I do. I just think it's uncalled for. And considering all the garbage that we know to be true about this event... Um, it's, it's completely inconsistent because the people working at these assisted living facilities aren't doing any of it, you know? I mean, supposedly you're supposed to cover your face and your nose, right? The executive director had his mask below his nose. So it's like, okay, don't be telling me that I have to cover my whole face when you're not covering your whole face. It's like, you know? So anyway, I just had to share that. Yeah, I did. In case you came in and you're wondering how my birthday was, so far it's been really good. Randall got me a nice pickleball paddle and had a nice lunch with about 10 people today. It was super cool to hang out with some friends, some from pickleball, some from church, some from work. It was nice bringing all the worlds of my life together um, and uh, had a good lunch. Looking forward to some dessert later. <laughs> um, I actually... Um, yeah, the Legal Shield Leadership Convention is happening literally right now during this show. Um, so we, I missed most of it today. So I thought, well, I'll watch the replay. Um, but we wanted to weigh in and, you know, get your guys' opinion on the election, on what you think, um, you know, is going on. What do you guys think of Trump bowing out of the second debate? Just curious what your thoughts are on that. We should have had the call-in phone number tonight. Well. Yeah, we should. So, and um, <clears throat> and I will say, this is something that I think is super cool that happened today. And I don't, I know that most of you won't understand why this is super cool, but I will say two things happened today that I thought were really cool. Number one, uh, Melissa Wilder, who is the number one, uh seller of Legal Shield, the number one woman in Legal Shield. She is the vice president of um, the business side, uh, the top trainer in Legal Shield. She used to head up the Ladies of Justice. Uh, she shouted me out today and the Ladies of Justice wished me a happy birthday in front of everybody, which was super cool to have the number one person, number one woman in the company um, shout you out. That was sweet. 
So that tells you something, you know, that tells you that there's people that, you know, in upper echelon of legal shield like me. <laughs> I, it just meant a lot to me. I thought that was cool. And then, um, and then I had lunch with some really cool people and, uh, and my friend Kelly, Kelly, uh, our friend Kelly came in from California. Uh, he called last night and he, he said that he was going to, uh, be be in earlier today and um it was super cool that uh that he came in kelly is the guy that encouraged randall to let us keep gideon uh kelly this is kelly right here me and kelly and and randall i'm gonna hold this up that's a great picture right there that uh, it's kind of blurry huh or is it just my eyes? It'll take the it'll take the camera a little bit to yeah. focus. Anyway, so Kelly is the bearded one. <laughs> you guys know that, right? Yeah, it still looks pretty blurry to me. And does. But anyway, Kelly came, drove all the way from California, and was there. Uh, we got to spend what I don't know about an hour, hour and a half with him. Um, uh oh, now it looks like Periscope is, is timing out. Dang it. Ah, okay. Am I, or am I back? Okay, I'm back. Anyway, so that was sweet. You know, there are some people you meet in your church life that um, end up becoming lifelong friends, you know. And Kelly has gone through some unjust stuff in his life. And he's a sweet, sweet man. Uh, brother in the Lord plays the drums like nobody else I know, and uh, just a good, good guy. Um, and he is traveling with some people. He's helping out and um, and all that. So that was super sweet to uh, to uh, you know see that today to see him today. What'd you think, huh, Randall? He he's the one that told Randall he wants a pocket Randall. <laughs> Yeah, because no, it's great to see him, and um, and yeah, and uh, you know, this is his first real road trip, like cross country road trip. That's really cool. I love road trips. You know, I could, yeah, yeah. I I enjoy driving. I do long drives. I don't. Space not so much, but I might if I was in an RV or something. Yeah. You know, if I had a bathroom with me the whole time, that might be good. It's this, it's this, this, uh, the, you know, it's the, what do you call a uh, travel, the motion sickness gets to me after a while. And well, that's if you're now that constantly older, looking outside. I'm not as young as I used to be, people. I know. None of us are. <laughs> None of us are as young as we were seconds ago. I had somebody tell me I look 40. Really? It's cool. Yeah. And I think I do. I do think I look 40. Don't I look 40, you guys? Just admit it. You think I look great, don't you? Spend time with friends these last two days. Yeah, good, Jeannie. Yeah, Jeannie from Georgia. Her birthday was on the 6th, and she turned 55. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, double, you're double nickels. Catching up to me. Yeah. So, yeah, how old is everybody? Put your age in the chat. I want to see... <laughs> Sure, why not? Yeah, let's interact. Let's let's share how um, old you are. So, yeah, it's some twenty something. I know I'm probably younger than most of you, although I'm younger than I'm older than Mia. I think I'm older than Natasha too. 
So yeah, had some twenty-something-year-old surprise that I'm as old as I am this week, and I'm probably older than her parents. <laughs> but um, uh. um, yeah, why nobody's doing that? Uh, you know, there. Well, are, nobody's doing that. He's saying why everybody's doing. We gotta well, wait the thing, for the delay. Yeah. Well, okay. yeah, well. There, uh, come on, people. It's my birthday. You gotta gotta participate. Um, I'd like to share some good news, but um, I'm Happy actually birthday. gonna. Yeah. Uh, there's actually some. So Natasha is no. 43. Yeah, you are. 43 is good good age. Natasha's awesome. I can't wait to meet Natasha someday in person. One day, Natasha. Hopefully, I get to meet you. Yeah, I do. How old is QT Tips? And QT Tips. The <laughs> QT lady, I mean. Yeah. Remind me your name for this life of me. I keep forgetting it. I can't remember uh, 37 it. 37 the time. Yep. Well, in his time, Natasha, you'll get married. You know what? My uh, uh, favorite uh, Christian apologist when I was younger was Greg Kokel, and he waited forever, too, to get married. Nancy Lee DeMoss waited, gosh, she ended up getting married when she was, I don't even know how old she was, 50-something, 50 55, 60-something like that. She ended up marrying recently, not too long ago, and uh, um, the one, the man she married was married for a long, long time to another woman who died, and um, anyway, so it can happen. It could happen. Yeah, it can. So... Go ahead. I guess you guys just aren't going to participate, huh? Okay, well, be that way. Only one person, well, two people, participated. So, well, all right. So, Bareface wants to read this article. My glasses are downstairs, so I'm not going to read the article because I can't. It's blurry. Okay, so I should read it? Yeah. All right, well, I'm... Yeah, she's very happy. She actually heads up a ministry called Revive Our Hearts and uh, has a ministry, actually, to couples with her husband and um, stuff. So it's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, now I can read it. If I get way up here, I can read it, but I can't read it otherwise. All right. Well, this article over on ChristianHeadlines.com. <laughs> Not surprising, but discouraging, and that is uh, 44% of American Christians believe that the Bible is ambiguous on abortion. Uh, the 11th Ambiguous? Yeah. The 11th report of the annual American Worldview Inventory 2020 by the Cultural Research Center of Arizona Christian University found that, four, that over 4 in 10 American Christians hold the belief that the Bible is, quote, ambiguous, unquote on the hot-button topic of abortion. According to the Christian Post, the new study noted that Christians in America are experiencing a post-Christian reformation as believers are embracing secularism instead of a traditional biblical worldview. Duh. When it comes to the much-debated topic of abortion, the CRC, and that would be the Cultural Research Center of Arizona Christian University, CRC found that 44% of believers believe that the Bible quote, is ambiguous in his teaching about abortion, unquote, while 34% affirm that, quote, abortion is morally acceptable, 
if it spares the mother from financial or emotional discomfort or hardship. I want to stop there. I mean, not that not that abortion is, you know, is is moral, permissible, if the mother's life is in danger. But if it would bring about emotional discomfort, then then it's okay to kill a preborn human being, preborn infant, because it would bring emotional discomfort to the mother. Um, yeah, I'm. Boy, um, where do I, I mean, where do I go with that? I, I could go, now. I could go lots of places, but I mean, that's, it, it's sad that, you know, this is accurate. It's on the web, you know, take it with a, a truckload of salt. But if so, if it's indicative of self-identified Christians that, you know, we've gone from, you know, it used to be, you know, abortion is is immoral for any reason. That two wrongs, you know, never make a right. Um, you know, rape, incest, that that's terrible, but it shouldn't be, you know, um, augmented with another crime of killing a human being, taking a human life. Um... You've gone from that to, well, it's okay in the case of, you know, rape or incest or if the mother's life is in danger. Now, it's okay, it's completely permissible if it would cause emotional discomfort to the mother. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that should have been a consideration when the deed was done, if you know what I mean. Um, <sighs> so... Does that surprise you, Stace? What? <laughs> anything I've been talking about? Anything in this article? <laughs> um. Make it up. Pretend. <laughs> pretend that you're listening. I wasn't actually. I. <laughs> I. Well, I went ahead well, and I flipped over the Legal Shield Leadership <laughs> Convention. All right. Well. Just to see who's on. In this, and, uh, in this, this sounds horrible. Sorry. Hey, in you this, know, this has been a this has been a tough day. I, I thought I've it was a great pulled, day. I know it's been. I've been pulled all over the place though. I really right. didn't want to do the show tonight, to be honest. But anyway, because we were here for you, yeah. Um, for all y'all. <laughs> um, not that you care, but anyway. Yeah. yeah. But, I have to watch the replay. Okay. This thirty in convention. in this report from. The Cultural Research Center of Arizona Christian okay. University. You got my attention now. All right. 34% affirm that, affirm that, quote, abortion is morally acceptable if it spares the mother from financial or emotional discomfort or hardship. No. Does that surprise me? Yeah. It doesn't really surprise me because the marketing of evil has... These, these are self-identified Christians. Okay, but... The marketing of evil oh. has infiltrated the church. Oh. And and most people that go to church... In fact, I will share with you this this, this morning, okay? So, um, Pam Gillespie, very, very sweet, godly lady. Um, sister, big sister. A little older than me, not much. Um, she writes preset Bible studies, um, you know, sweeter than chocolate, and she's done a whole bunch of stuff. Well, she, a couple, about 30 days ago almost... 
she launched a 50 days to Bible reading accountability group. Um, and she invited me to be a part of it. Well, so what this involves is every day for 30 minutes, um, some of us were getting on Zoom together. We check in, say this is what we're going to read for the next 30 minutes. After we check in and say this, then we shut the camera off. And then for 30 minutes, we were all in God's word. And then we come back 30 minutes later. And then we share what we read and what God said to us for a limited time. So it's basically a little, probably close to an hour out of the day. Well, today we did an extended discussion. And um, one of the things that we were talking about was um, idols, idol worship. And how in the Old Testament, um, they took their idols with them wherever they went. Um, and we, we were kind of laughing at it a little bit. Because can you imagine, let's say, pretend this is an idol. It's made of wood and stone. And, you know, but yet people in those days, they literally would take these idols. They would bow to them. They would talk to them. Even though this is a piece of wood, this is plastic, but let's just say it's wood. This is a wood. It might have had a face on it. It doesn't talk to you. It can't hear you, but they would worship these idols. Well, and, and so we got on this discussion about that. And anyway, long story short, the consensus among the ladies that were in this group, which are mature believers, people who actually read the God's word every day um, and study it, was that the most Christians don't study God's word. They don't know it. They don't read it. And so, no, it doesn't surprise me whatsoever that that's, that's the research from in the church. Because even with this election, you, if you're a biblical Christian, and by that I mean you read the Bible, you look at what it says and what it says to do and not to do. Then you wouldn't support either candidate. <laughs> right, but the closest candidate to what God says is Trump. Okay? Of the... the front runners the right the, 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 the monopoly parties the okay, d's and the, the r's pro-life president in the country in the world that we've that's ever yeah that we've ever had okay well in our lifetimes for anyway that, for that for that you know camilla harris is all for selling baby parts oh. for putting the baby apart you know how profit yeah she's wicked and evil and mm. joe biden is too he's wicked and evil trump He's just less evil, but at least he stands for, he stood, he has stood for the preborn, and... That's worth a lot, actually. It is, and, I mean, if that's the only thing you vote on is that one issue, Trump is your vote. Yeah, he's... There's, he's, no, there's no ambiguity he's, about he's it. He's the only president ever to attend the March for Life rally. Yeah. Even George Bush, you know, George W. Bush... You know, who Janet Parcel, you know, touted and as this great Christian conservative and blah, blah. Skull and Bones, remember? Yeah. And let's just say he repented all that Skull and Bones stuff. Mm. Whatever. God can forgive that. Yeah. The point is, under Bush, the so-called conservative, uh, the Patriot Act wasn't anything patriotic. It was a load of crap that basically this... said, that the way they sold it to America was, to protect us from terrorism. It will give us access to other agencies so we could communicate without blah, blah, right? Baloney. What it was was violating our freedom. It was basically given, given, we were basically tricked into giving up our freedom, okay? Uh, That's what it is. And this uh, is the whole power, thing with COVID, too. Expanding and this, the and this is spying why power. So. I am slightly, I and I have said this before, I don't trust Trump 
completely. And I don't necessarily believe he is what he's he's put out to be. And, you know, forget the character and the, the crap that the media likes to play back from when before he ran and all that stuff from years ago. He isn't a bigot. He doesn't hate women. Maybe he said some stupid things. Yes. I mean, you know, that's obvious. But, but I do not know if he really is just a puppet and playing the part or if he is really not a part of the establishment. That I don't know. I can tell you with Israel, he did do stuff for Israel, like put the embassy there in Jerusalem. But at the same Which... time, this peace treaty that he, he put out that some Christians are like, oh, this is the greatest thing in the world. It's really not because he's dividing Israel, which isn't what God wants. Um, so we got to look at that and realize that all that where I do support him is on China. I think that he has gotten our country back some money that, you know, that we should be paid back. I'm sick and tired of America lending billions and millions of dollars all over the place and not getting our money back. Um, he has brought American jobs back to America. Uh, he's put China on notice. China's not a nice country, people. They're a communist country. And there's a lot of our brothers and sisters in that country who are being tortured and killed for their faith. And Christians in China don't have freedom, okay? There's a huge, massive underground church there. And we need not forget that. Just because we see made in China on most of the stuff we get doesn't mean China's a great country. It's not. In fact, if this was truly a biological weapon from China... Excuse me, that's really ticked off 2020 for all of us, right? We, we should all not like China because of it. So uh, his, his uh, Trump stance on the border, I think, is great. I think we need to keep people out of America who don't come in legally. I don't care what nationality you are. You could be white. You could be Mexican. You could be black. You could be whatever. I think if you're going to come into America, you need to come in the right way. Everybody else, go away. Go to some other country. And those people in this country who think that we suck, because especially like with Black Lives Matter, <laughs> it's like, well, Black Lives Matter, you know, and if you think we suck and you don't think black people in this country have the, enough freedom or the same freedom, then go to some other country. I mean, it's just that simple. Go, leave, go to Africa or wherever the heck you want to go. Um, but... The problem is all people from those countries are coming to our country because we have the freedom. And what they're trying to do, and Virginia Prodan will tell you this, and anybody who knows anything who's ever lived in a communist nation will tell you that we need to save America now. And if Trump is who he says he really is, and Biden and Camilla are who they say they are, basically what you see, then... Vote socialist for Biden. Vote for America for Trump. That's the easiest way to put it. That's my opinion. Based on limited facts. The way I see it. <laughs> there and you go. And everyone's entitled to and your opinion. You, you actually... Uh, all that. Well, the Voice of the Martyrs, TR Fun Guy. I would never give a penny to the Voice of the Martyrs. I wrote their blog Anymore. For, eight, for eight years. And what I can tell you when I wrote their blog for eight years was they are a bully. The people that run that company, that ministry, are a bully. They're bought and paid for. They they own pretty much Bartlesville, Oklahoma. When Tom White committed suicide on the campus because he was under investigation for molesting a child, the Christian media covered it up, including Janet Parshall. And, um, and the founder of The Voice of the Martyrs' uh, son, is it his son? 
can't stand how they run the Voice of the Martyrs because Richard Wormbrand's um, memory has basically been tainted as a result. Yes, really. So I would never, yeah. I wouldn't donate a penny to them. Yeah, I would donate money to other smaller ministries that deal with Christian persecution. Jubilee Campaign, Open Doors, International. Well, give them money. Don't well, give BOM money. It's like many other organizations. Uh, you know, in its founding with Dr. Richard Wormbrand, himself a persecuted Christian from Romania. Yeah, from Romania. And, you know, it's communists under communism. And you might can argue that it still is in some ways. Um, talk to Virginia Prodan. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, but then, you know, eventually people came in, came in charge after his passing that, you know, saw it as a, as a business and, and a way to turn money, much like the United States of America and its founding. We can talk Masons and, and theists and all that, but but they were all moral and religious people that founded this nation with good designs and uh, the whole checks and balances things. But eventually, yeah. you know, there are people coming to power who, you know, figured out all the loopholes and, and have expanded the federal government to ridiculous proportions. And uh, don't tell me there's, they haven't turned it into a business. Uh, yeah. There's plenty oh. of... Well, the the stories that they po they promote in their magazines, they hate it being called a magazine. It's supposed to be called a it's newsletter. newsletter. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Anyway, um, are valid, and and some of the ministry they do is valid. What I don't like is the strong strong arming of how they run that ministry. They bully smaller ministries. They step on smaller ministries. When I wrote their blog, I used so much stuff from other ministries that were doing the work um, in VOM. They're just a bully. It's poorly managed, and Tom White committed suicide on the campus of the Voice of the Martyrs because he was under investigation for child molestation. He killed himself. And the Christian media, including Janet Parshall, buried the story. And I was told not to write about it on the blog. I, in fact, I was given a statement by by the company. Um, and I'm like, you know, look it up. Look up Tom White, Voice of the Martyrs, Suicide. You won't find much because they've buried it. And uh, God, as God had it, um, they let me go after that because all of a sudden they didn't have the money and they knew I wasn't going to be quiet about it. Just saying. That's one thing I don't put up with. I don't put up with BS in ministry. But I also don't focus on it as a ministry either. Because here's the thing, you know, and, and I got this, you know, Jan Silvius. If you guys don't know who she is, she's a great, um, honest, truthful woman of God who's gone through a lot of stuff. And, you know, when you begin to look at all the negative news um, in, the, in the Christian world and you begin to call people out all the time, it's that spirit of critical, it's a critical spirit. And all you do is begin to look at that stuff and that really taints who you are. That's not our spirit. We're supposed to have a peaceful spirit, people. And I know because I've gotten, I've gotten uh, sucked into the so-called discernment people and, and, and it's just stinky fruit, you know. That's why I hate the Christian Post website. I hate it. I don't hate much, but I hate the Christian Post website because it's compost. That's exactly what you should use it for. 
because how how does that site glorify Christ at all? The Christian Post. Well, if it's you, not if, run by Christians. If you don't know so. anything about Christ and you go to Christian Post website um, and look at quote Christian news, you're going to be depressed if that's what Christianity is. Well, when when it's not run by Christians. Right, um, but I but I will say. You know what? Go ahead, open your Bible up, and read your Bible. There you go. And this is actually one of the things that we were talking about um, this morning was was there's there's a way to read your Bible. You can read it deep or you can read it wide. And reading it deep means you know you just read it deep. Now uh, let me ask you something. I'm gonna just I'm calling you out right now on my birthday. And both are I'm good. Gonna, I'm gonna call deep you and out. Wide. Okay, so when was the last time? You read your Bible for two straight hours. Put a one if you ever did that. When was the last time? Put the date or approximate date. The last time you read your Bible for two hours at one sitting. Okay, I don't see anything. So I'm going to guess most of you have never done that. Okay, so how about one hour? Actually sat for one whole hour, just read your Bible. I'm not talking study. I'm just actually talking to you. Pick up the Bible and you read it. I've done that. Sure. Okay. An hour. Yeah. Okay, but it was study. Okay. So you, so some of you have done that in the in our audience. I would kind of expect some of you to, not everybody, but some. Okay. How about thirty minutes? Thirty minutes a day. And yeah, okay. So here's the thing. And yet, how much time do you spend on Facebook or playing your favorite video game or watching Netflix or? Listening to the radio, you know what I'm talking about? Okay, good. So, and that's my point. The point is, is that if you struggle with Bible reading, it's because you're not reading it enough, number one. And number two, there are, there are easier ways that you can get the full picture of, of God's word. And, you know, it's funny because, again, talking with Pam and some of these other ladies today, Many of them who are, I mean, they're actually way smarter than me when it comes to God's word. Um, you know, I mean, if if somebody, if, if Jesus came to you and said, you know what, here's a pop quiz. Tell me what the book of Amos is about. What would you do? I would uh, tell you. <laughs> you would. But if Jesus Almost. came to you and said, tell me about uh, Hezekiah and why he was important. What, what was Hezekiah famous for? Could you do it? No. Could yeah. well, you probably could. <laughs> um, I'll be quiet. But um, but most most believers can't. But here's the thing: if you don't understand the whole counsel of Scripture, you don't understand Genesis to Revelation. You're not going to understand the grace of God that's throughout that. You're not going to understand why Jesus did and all all the things He did, how He was prophesied. And all the objections you hear from atheists and skeptics and stuff like that, the typical nonsense you hear, like, well, how can a loving God kill so many people? Or, or you know, how can a loving God throw people into hell? And, and, you know, what about all the murder in the Bible? And, you know, I thought God was pro-life. And isn't God against war? And, you know, I mean, all the typical emotive BS that atheists, non-thinkers throw at people, if... Christians read the Bible, that'd be so easy to answer. But but if you got Christians who are like, oh yeah, abortion's fine. Well, explain Psalm 139 to me. If abortion's good, then explain that. Explain choose life 
to me. I mean, it's pretty clear. Explain in the Ten Commandments where it says, thou shalt not murder. Um, does that mean, you know, I mean, is it murder if we don't call it that? <laughs> you know, I mean, today I read Psalm 106, I think it was, in our Daily Disciples group. It was a history of all the bad stuff, or a lot of the bad stuff, maybe not everything, but, but all this, some bad stuff that the Israelites did, how they rebelled against God, they did all this stuff, and yet God showed his mercy. If you don't know the history and all that stuff that was just pulled out and kind of put in that, compiled in that psalm, then how are you going to explain it to somebody who's really, you know, curious, they really want to know, you know? Here's what I know, and I learned this as a young as a young believer, as somebody um, when I was first a Christian. What I know is that the longer you read the Bible, the more questions you'll have. As you have questions, write them down. Continue to read the Bible and ask God to help you understand it. And guess what? Your questions will get answered. God will answer your questions through his word the more you read the Bible. And the amazing thing to me is, and and this is, again, blows me away when I think about it. When I'm reading an, reading an ancient book that's 2,000 plus years old, you know, these manuscripts are actually older than that. But when I read the book, when I read Psalms or I read New Testament books or I read Genesis and I, I look at what's going on there, it to me, it's like today's news, you know. I'm like, this doesn't seem like it's an ancient writing to me at all because it's living, it's breathing. It's, as Randall says, the only book that comes with its author. Only if you accept the author, though. If, if you're not accepting of the author, then you're not going to, you know, it's not going to come, you're not going to be able to get it. I say the Holy Spirit's like the secret decoder ring. You know, you need the Holy Spirit to magnify stuff. That way, then you understand it. Anyway, there you go. That's my rant for the day. All right. I know we're past the top of the hour, but <sighs> yeah, you know, deep and wide. I think they're important reading the scripture. And and I think at least my current favorite Bible verse is Luke twenty four twenty seven, where Yeshua, Jesus said to the two on the road to Emmaus, well, he was talking to them, it says that, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And, of course, if you were familiar with, um, you know, the the Hebrew nature of the Bible, the, the Hebrew scriptures, you know, Genesis through um, Malachi, or it's not really in the, in the Hebrew orders, Genesis through um, what we would call Second Chronicles, right? Um, yeah. Anyway, um, but you know, um, what 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 Jews would call the Hebrew Bible, the Tanakh, the Torah, the Nevi'im, and the Ketuvim. It's um it's an acronym, um, um, Hebrew acronym, which means Torah, the Law, uh, Nevi'im, the Prophets, and uh, Ketuvim, the Writings, and and that's how the book is grouped together. It's the Law, the 
five books of Moses, uh, the um, the prophets, and there you know what we call the major minor prophets and the writings, which are the you know the kings and the chronicles, Psalms, Proverbs, those kind of things there. So it's divided up in that way. So so when the word tells us beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he's bound to them and all the scriptures or graphon in the Greek, the writings of things concerning himself. Jesus was looking, he's expounded about himself from the Old Testament, from the Hebrew Bible. Notice he didn't, you know, when these when these disciples on the road to Emmaus were lost, had questions about him, Yeshua, Jesus didn't begin with his birth and talk about everything he did to explain who he was and what he did. He didn't recap his life story, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, and he expounded them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. He went back to the Old Testament, and uh, he rebuked them. He said, Luke twenty four twenty five, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? And so the rebuke was that they didn't believe what the prophets had written, probably because they weren't familiar with it. And, um, and yes, Christianity has its founding in New Testament times, but you know, this idea of being a New Testament Christian and you know the Old Testament is unimportant is, is a great disservice to the Bible and yourself because it's in the context of all that, the Torah, the Nevi'im, the Ketuvim, and Moses and all the prophets and all the scriptures. I love how he talks that way. But um, is is all, you know, that's how that's, that's how Christ expounded to them. That's appealing to me. Yeah. The way you use those accents and those verbs. Accents and the Greek, the Hebrew. Hebrew. Hmm. Well, I did say add a little Greek Aramaic word. in there, and you got me for life, kiddo. As we were talking about this morning, Barnabas, Barnabas, or Barnaby. Ask Randall this morning because last night my back was really bothering me. And just to tell you how great Randall is, because you already know, because you come from me, you stay for barefoot. I'm good. I'm great. I'm wonderful. Uh, No. Yeah. So. Essential oil. So Randall put some lemongrass essential oil on my back. And um Esword, TR Fun Guy loves using E Sword, yeah, for sure. A lot of people love that. Written by a local guy here just north of us in Franklin. And uh yeah. And and if and there's a spot to donate on there. Give him a little bit. Uh Rick can't think of his last name. I've never met him, but you know, five dollars, ten dollars if you use it. Most people don't donate to download that, but anyway, <laughs> when you think what you would pay for comparable software, right? Yeah. Well, I bought myself a birthday present. Can you guys guess what I bought myself? Do I know? I told you. Okay. All right. Yeah. 
<laughs> he didn't. I don't think you remember saying a birthday present. Well, I decided to buy it for myself. Yeah. I thought, yeah, you know what? I could. I didn't need it, but I wanted it. And I am 52, and so I thought, you know what? Why not? I will tell you, some a couple of people asked me, did I get anything for my birthday? Yeah, Randall bought me a new pickleball paddle, which, you know, is nice. Um, two of my friends brought me flowers today. Another friend, same one of the friends, brought me a, cup, a coffee cup, an owl coffee cup, which is very cute. Um, some people gave me money, which was nice. <laughs> but yeah, I got some sunflowers, which are beautiful, and a, a really nice bouquet of other flowers, which is really nice. I love flowers, but um, no chocolates. Nope, I did not get myself chocolates. No, I didn't get any. I didn't get food of any type. Just you can rule that out. So I am the host of Bible News Radio. <laughs> so what would you expect the host? A Bible news radio to get. If you said a Bible, you'd be correct. And that's exactly what I got myself. I got, there's a new Bible. I just discovered this. It's called the NET. It's actually, um, it's called the Abide Bible. And, um, and what's different about this, and this is why I'm telling you about it, because you might want to get one. If you want to be like me, then you'll get one. <laughs> bless your heart if you want to be like me um but i'm going to read you the description because it's it's kind of cool jan silvius actually pointed this out it's actually put put together um by taylor university center for scripture engagement well here is a little fun fact for you in case you don't know uh taylor university i actually went to taylor university for one class when i was in college uh, and it was a class on cults. I spent a whole college class learning about cults using Walter Martin's book, The Kingdom of the Cults. So I actually went through a class in that. I got college credit for it from Taylor University. And they have a Center for Scripture Engagement uh, program. Thomas Nelson um, published this Bible earlier this year. And, and at the end of this year, in December... What's really cool is that they are releasing um, the Abide Journal for each book of the Bible. So what the Abide is, is based on John 15, 4, which says, Abide in me. And then the way they, they describe this says, Do you yearn for life-giving, intimate communion with God? The Abide Bible is designed to help you experience the peace, hope, and growth that come from encountering the voice and presence of God in Scripture. Every feature in Abide is designed to teach and develop Scripture engagement habits that help you know the power and spiritual nourishment of abiding in Christ. Created in partnership with Bible Gateway and the Taylor University Center for Scripture Engagement, the Abide Bible's features include book introductions and practical scripture engagement prompts based on five ways of interacting deeply with the Bible. Praying scripture. So there's pattern your prayers after biblical texts, personalizing the prayers, and gaining language for the thoughts and emotions you want to express. Kind of cool. Picture it, uh, place yourself in a biblical narrative as a bystander or participant in important events. So if you do that, that I like doing that myself. I, I pretend like I'm in there and I've been there. Journaling, focus and reflect on scripture and its meaning for your life, opening yourself up to God's voice as you ponder. Engage through art. I believe there's something like 68 or 70 really pretty 
uh, pictures, you know, in art pictures, but it says consider a classic piece of art, photograph, sculpture, painting, and let it deepen your meditations on scriptural truth. So they have that throughout the Bible. Contemplate. And then it says here, follow the church's long-standing practice of reading, meditating on, praying, and contemplating a passage of scripture in order to experience God's presence through the words of the Bible. So there's two satin ribbon markers, 68 beautifully printed works of art in there. It's Smithsonian binding. It's a book that lets you, you know, one of the things that bugs me about Bibles is if you get a big one and it won't necessarily lay open, this one will lay open wherever you, you open it. So that's kind of cool. It's comfort print, uh, and it's in the, I believe it's the New English Translation. I think that's what the NET stands for, uh, which is true to the original language and nine-point type te- type size, which is kind of small, I think. Um, but Especially for 50 plus. But it's comfort, though, which makes it easier to read. But if you're over 50 like we are, you probably got reading glasses anyway. So, you know, even Bareface needs to get some reading glasses, just saying. Um, but, um, but yeah, and you can get it for about $40 if you, if you, if you buy one of the, the used ones, which is what I did and pay a couple bucks for shipping. Um, it's about $40. You can get it. Um, so that's what I got myself for my birthday. Yeah, I did. Because I believe reading different versions of the Bible, using the Bible, like I, I love the Amplified Bible, but my, my go-to is the New American Standard. I love the New American Standard. I don't like the NIV. I'm not overly crazy about the ESV. Um, you know, I don't really read a paraphrase. I did it when I was a young believer, um, but I enjoy, um, I enjoy, the New American Standard is really my favorite. So if you want a good version that holds true to the literal interpretation and it's easy to read get the new american standard um and we'll see how this one goes i got this one because of the promptings in it so yeah so there you have it people yeah i was just uh (laughs) i was just reading the the net bibles site Mm -hmm. to determine what uh, greek text they use for the new testament well the thing is though that you can get that one in the king james version and some other versions too okay the abide so it doesn't come in only in the new english translation no i chose to get it in the abide because it comes in the blue cover which is what i got so the the new english translation yeah Yeah. but if you get the green cover you can get it in king james or whatever so yeah just you just make sure like it comes in the new king james version um, and the NET, it looks like, yeah. And honestly, I would have preferred a leather version of it, but I didn't want to spend that much money. So, favorite TS 2009, yeah. So, if anybody wants to gift me a leather one, <laughs> feel free. Uh, yeah, but anyway, so there you go. Got some pretty flowers, a lot of love today couple of cards that made me cry almost i was very close randall gave me the most beautiful birthday card ever yeah he did and i cannot wait to beat him with my new pickleball paddle but i'm not gonna play pickleball for a week or two because i gotta get better gotta get my my back feeling a little bit i took some more advil that helped but can't overdo it people
especially as you get older. <laughs> so, uh, any other questions or comments? Thank you for coming in and sharing part of your day with us. I appreciate it. Um, oops, wait a minute. I happen to know that it looks like Rick Costa was celebrating five years of live streaming on on the live stream. Um, for those of you who are wondering how door dashing has gone this week, I haven't done any, so that's why you haven't heard a story about that. Uh, I've just been too tired because of the pain I've been dealing with. Um, but uh, that's okay. God is good. Yeah, he is. The only thing about today that I don't like that happened is that I did not get to see my dad or talk to my dad. And I, I'm, I feel very torn about it because I don't know if my dad's going to be around for my next birthday. And, you know, I had such a busy day. It was hard to schedule a time to get him on Zoom. But God is good. I appreciate those of you who are praying for my dad. Um, ask that you keep praying for him. And, uh, and, of course, America. And we'll see what God does. So tomorrow, um, not sure yet if I'm going to do a show because leadership convention that, that I'm missing all of today, uh, I have, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I'm not going to push it, um, because it's going to be like a full day of this training and stuff, but, but if I'm not here, maybe Randall will be because, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. It is very disturbing to not see my dad. Oh, hi, Angie. Um, it's it's disturbing that I can't walk into the building and just visit like I used to. And that's been going on for almost a year, you guys. I mean, it's, it's, it's very down. People are asking me how he's doing. He's not doing well. He's declining. He's in hospice. Um, and I just think, you know, my uh, one of the pastors at my church... Um, he, he gave a, a message last week. I think it was last week. And he said that, well, basically what I took away from the message, it might not be what he said, but what I heard was, was God knows everything going on. And there, you know, sometimes we just have to give up control and our desires of what we want and trust God with the outcome. Well, for me, it's really hard because I didn't grow up with my dad. I've really only known him since I've taken him in to care for him. And he's, he's 92. I missed his birthday because of stupid COVID. Father's Day was a farce because of COVID. Uh, my birthday, of course. My dad doesn't remember my birthday anyway. So it's, it's so in that way, it's not a big deal. Cause it's, cause I know he isn't sitting at his house going, Oh, I can't be with my daughter on her birthday. He doesn't know. It's my birthday. He doesn't remember. So, um, so he doesn't care, you know, about it, um, because he doesn't remember. Um, but I remember. And so for me, I'm trying to make my own memories because, because that's how it is. You just got to make your own memories. Um, and, uh, you know, all that. So, I mean, to be honest, I'm his fiduciary. If I want to take out a couple hundred bucks and give it to myself for my birthday from my dad, I can do that. But that's not, that's not my, <laughs> that's not, 
That's and he wouldn't care. He would be like, "Yeah, take the money. Happy birthday." <laughs> um, but that to me, spending more time with him, just spending time with my dad, it that is being robbed. And it's not just me; it's being robbed of people all over America. People who've lost loved ones can't go to their funeral. I mean, just you know stuff like that. Uh, a friend of mine was talking about how uh, um, somebody died in their family and their church wasn't open and they ended up having their funeral at a Catholic church and they weren't Catholic and it bothered them that they had to do that. Um, so there, there's just a lot, but anyway, but going back to what the pastor said, and he's a young guy, he's in his thirties, but he had some sound counsel and he basically said, you know, you got to understand that God's in control. He gets it. He knows what's going on. And we just got to trust him with what's going on. And so that's, that's where I'm at because I know, like if I saw my dad today, I know that I would have left crying because of how I'm being treated as a caregiver and how I see my dad. I mean, he stunk horribly when I saw him and they didn't care. The staff didn't give a crap about my dad. They always have an excuse about everything. And the sad part is that it's going to be the same way wherever I put him. So I can't, I may as well just give up and, and, you know, he's not being murdered or tortured in any way. So it's better than concentration camp, but still he deserves better. Um, and I have to also say this, and that is that, um, my dad has his own journey with God and your loved one has their own journey. The, whatever situation, you know, you're trying to be involved in and control, <laughs> Now, let's just face it. Those of us who are firstborns have more control issues than than people who aren't firstborns, okay? I mean, leaders, firstborns, just saying. Uh, guilty. Uh, so I have to realize, too, that God is doing something in my dad's life. You know, maybe my dad, my God, God is using this time with my dad to become more close to him in a way that he couldn't if I was there all the time. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that he's teaching me to let go a little. And um, and it's hard because, like I said, I don't know how much time I have with my dad, but it breaks my heart when I'm with him. So that's kind of where I'm at. And COVID does screw up our grieving process. And that's the other thing because with dementia, my dad's dementia isn't so bad that he doesn't know who I am. But it's, but it's still bad enough to know that he doesn't understand why I'm not there like I was. And he, he just doesn't get it, you know. So that's how that is. Cheers, folks. We have to change the way we think. Yeah, it is hard. Hi, Johnny. Um, yeah, it is. Yep, so I think, I think, you know, I've been thinking about the Word of God where it talks about, do you love your mother and your father more than me? You know, you might lose your mom and your father. I know the context is different, but it's applicable to a degree that, okay, all right. And I've come to that decision. I've come to that conclusion. If it turns out that my dad dies and I'm not there, will I be upset? Yeah, of course I will. But God has his reasons and why he allows things. He's sovereign and I'm not. And there's a reason you go through what you go through, why you're going through it. 
And um, I think one of the underlying reasons that a lot of us never talk about is the Bible talks about how as a Christian, we are to identify with his sufferings. And when we are suffering, if we're suffering right, then we're identifying with Christ and his suffering. I mean, think about the injustice Jesus went through. He went through the most unjust abuse and there was no reason for it except that he loved us enough to endure it, you know? So we got to change that perspective and go, okay, here we go. What are you teaching me? And I think God is shaking his church up. He's trying to wake us up and, um, you know, get our focus where it needs to be. I mean, I, I can tell you for me personally, and I know I'm going to, well, it's not really good. Let's say I'll just shut up after this. I know for me, I've had to reshuffle my priorities, um, being obsessed with work and trying to earn money uh, over my time with God and doing this ministry. God has called me to this. I have no doubt whatsoever. There's so much fruit of this ministry that you don't know about. Bible studies, the discipleship, the mentoring, the friendships, uh, all of that. Um, and yet, it <laughs> um, and yet it's not self-supporting yet, you know. So that may happen in God's time. And even if it doesn't, God's used this other venue for me to open up the other avenues of ministry. You know, it's like what it is. I'm okay with it. If, if, you know, it just, it's cool. That's all I got to say. So Randall, you got any closing thoughts? Yeah, just a shout out to TR Fun Guy for recommending the scriptures 2009. I was just over here doing a little research and. Um, yeah, I love their approach to the, uh, ancient texts and, um, yeah. And I love that they don't get in the fight of the, um, <sighs> um, you know, Texas Receptus versus, you know, Codex Sinaiticus and Codex, uh, Vaticanus and kind of stuff, but they primarily work from the Texas Receptus and then others and, and then the way they preserve the um, Hebraic nature of the book and uh, looking at, they get some sample pages on the site there, Institute for uh, Scripture Research. And um, yeah, I can see why. I'm That's digging cool. it. I'm well, digging it. It's, it's, it's a great approach to yep. the Scriptures. Just I'm, gonna, I'm just going to advocate for the Word of God. I'm doing it everywhere. Mm. Yeah. I have to tell you, in Legal Shield, I'm I'm in Legal Shield with a lot of liberals, a lot of people that are New Agers and they're into the law of attraction garbage. Um, they are into a whole bunch of crap that's not biblical and they're spiritual. And you know what? Whenever we get an opportunity to share anything, you know what I do? You darn right, I share scripture. I share Jesus's name. I say his name, um, and I make sure that people know I'm a Christian. <laughs> well, they all know anyway, but. Um, not in an obnoxious way because they teach tolerance and diversity. And, um, I have had had some leaders in legal shield kind of come after me because they're not intolerant. I mean, they are intolerant, even though they claim they're not. Um, it's kind of like, well, if you're really diverse, then when I say the name of Jesus and the book I'm reading is about Jesus and his majesty, then just, you'll just have to deal with it. Just saying, <laughs> If I have to listen to people talk about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and how great they think they are, then somebody else is going to have to listen to me talk about Jesus and how great I think he is. 
and they can't do anything about it, right? Because they're the ones preaching the tolerance stuff. One last thing, daily disciples. I got to tell you that the friends I have in there reading from God's word, God put that together. And you know what, Jerry, you're in there reading. Um, and I don't know who else is still watching, but uh, Jerry's husband, Tom, has come in and started reading. Um, and uh, these two guys are who? You, I'm, I'm not, you're not a guy, Jerry, but these two guys are, are so funny. Um, just your voice and your accent cracks me up just because you're so, you're so real. And, and everybody like Pastor Tommy and, and Rachel and my friend, um, you know, well, Mary, she left, but, but she hates Facebook. She didn't, she didn't leave because of anything having to do with me. Um, but Tracy reads. Sometimes we had Jeannie read. Um, my friend Stacy read, my sister-in-law-in-law Sandy read, who, by the way, if you're in my group, and just so you guys know, go and watch Sandy's, and then keep in mind her dad died the night before, so it was very apropos. She didn't mention it in the group, but, you know, her dad just died, so um, dealing with that. Carmen read, um, you know, and Pam Gillespie, she's doing hers on video for me because she doesn't want to do live, but hey, I'm going to have her read, She and she's she sent me her video for tomorrow, so I'm going to post that. But the personality and how God is using just the different people who are just reading the word. That's it. That's all I've asked them to do is read the word. And the ministry that's been taking place in the Daily Disciples group, that blesses me to no end. And it's not something I would have thought of. I mean, I thought of it, but I, it, not the way that it, it's it's ended up to be. So just saying. Um if you don't think God's word is alive, get in my daily disciples group and get in there and read the Bible daily with us. I think you'll, you'll see that God is, and he's moving in the lives of the people that are doing it. So there you go. So with that said, people, thanks for being part of my birthday. Glad that you were here. Uh, Lord willing, I'll see you tomorrow. And, um, I hope you have a good, good night. Okay. Be bold. You thought I forgot, didn't you? <laughs> Stand up and go with God, people, because he loves you, and so do I.